0: Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Aligned Living System.
1: And I'm Nick Musica, Aligned Living Coach. Welcome to the Aligned Living System podcast. So do you think we're born with a purpose or do we, is that part true and part we co-create what we desire?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, I mean, this brings up that the conversation that's come in quite a few times in the podcast too, around primary gifts versus secondary gifts. Right. And uh, so the primary gifts are the things that to me, it's what we're here for. You know, it's like there's a sole purpose connected to it. It, and, and the challenge with them is, you know, I, I think we do come in with them and, the people around us usually aren't like awesome i really like these primary gifts of yours <laughs> they're usually some sort of disruption you know like i often talk about mine of like being able to see clearly what's happening and to see where people are coming from and, and actually see the truth in something because we live in a world where so many people are just trying so hard to maintain their illusions to go yeah i'm trying really hard not to look at that because i don't think i'll be okay if i do and so i'm just pretending this is true instead and then this damn kid comes along and goes, hey, look at that thing you're not looking at, right? Like, you know, people don't go like, oh, great, David, more of your primary gifts, you know, as a five-year-old or whatever, that's, you know, just being able to disrupt people's uh, homeostasis. And so to me, I was in trouble a lot for that, you know, I was, and, and so when we look at whatever our individual gifts are, they often have a, a countercultural component to them, a disruptive component to them, something that doesn't make the people around us go like, oh, yeah, keep doing that, do more of it, you know, and, and I think that's changing. I think that more and more kids are being born into situations where their greatest gifts are being supported and, and brought out in them. Um, but for most of us that have been here for a while, that's not the case. And so what we do is we develop secondary gifts, which are the things that we're good at, that make other people happy, that make other people go, oh, good job, do more of that. And so we, we enjoy doing it. And a lot of what we enjoy, you know, maybe we, we start to enjoy the the task or the way of being, but so much of it's the feedback. Like I'm being a good boy. Or I'm being a good girl. I'm people love and appreciate me when I do this. There's the great payoff for this. And it creates this trap that draws us into offering things that we've developed, you know, high competencies at, but they don't bring that deep level of fulfillment. They're not sole purpose stuff. And they, they often, disguise as our life purpose. It's, you know, I think I'm here to do this. But when we start to awaken really why we're here and what what really wants to come out of us, as scary as that can be and as rewarding as that can be, that's where that deep level of fulfillment, that sense of being on purpose, um, that sense of meaning in life just becomes really present. And then often the secondary gifts we developed can support us and bring them out, but we need to re- readjust and realize, like, what is it that I'm really doing here why am I doing it? And, you know, people are often afraid, like, oh, does that mean I'm going to have to leave my job and doing this? Well, maybe not. Maybe you're actually going to keep doing it, but you're not doing your job anymore. You're doing something else through that job. You're offering, you know, some sort of support because our greatest gifts are always about something that helps other people transform as well um, or supports them to find a part of themselves. And so they're, they're very different in nature. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting, too, because uh, something else is just popping in here, which, you know, is kind of a shadow side to this, is that there are some people here that, you know, and again, they're probably not listening to this podcast, but the reason that this is coming up is to help understand, you know, other people's dark behavior, because I think there are some people here, you know, that, have experienced whatever trauma or, you know, a lot of their life purpose is about playing the role of the disruptor, playing the role of somebody who's, who's creating negative things that supports other people's growth, you know, not supports it like thank you, but creates a circumstance and an opportunity where people, other people work through it. And so, you know, part of my belief system says that, you know, we're, our, our soul comes here into this planet with this life purpose, doing these things, uh, you know, at some point it leaves, it goes back, over kind of goes to that school on the other side, uh, learns what it learns, and then it you know take takes on another assignment to to bring a primary purpose to whatever it is and work with other souls that are here doing the same thing. And so there are people here who you know have taken on an extremely challenging job of actually bringing what would be perceived at the third dimensional level as negative negativity or hurt or damage into this world. That creates the perfect circumstances for other people to grow. You know, just like we said, it's not like like, well, why would a kid want to struggle financially growing up or feel like they don't have support? What good is that when they could just have the support? Like each thing has its own gift and its own challenge. And so um, you know, it's it's really important when when we look at, you know, like I and mean, people like Hitler or you know, whatever, like, God, the like imagine the soul job that that person took on, you know, to come in and cause that much destruction and hate and anger. Um, You know, it's in a way it's a sole purpose and I don't want to get too far down that, but I, I don't want people to get distracted from like, well, if we all have a sole purpose, why do people act that way? Well, that's what they're here playing out. And, and so when we look at ours, like we don't need to be distracted by other people's sole purposes or to think that that can't be true because we're watching people behave in negative ways. Um, you know, it is just all part of what this kind of proving ground is, development ground here is on earth. Does that make sense? I know that I never like to go too into the dark, but it's it's such an important component of it because I think people's thinking can get stuck. And when we can kind of explore it enough to just not get stuck there, I I think it has great value.
1: Yes, I have to bring up David, the book you recommended for me to read, which is Radical Forgiveness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in that book, you like can a it better, way. but the the mirroring the the purpose of who you choose even as a, a partner or mate, which this mm-hmm. will tie into the next subject I'll go into. Mm-hmm. But for now, as we're talking about even our purpose and parent-children relationship and these disruptor roles in life, please share your thoughts on the radical forgiveness and how other souls interact with us and how that's part of our earth school in this lifetime.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the basic premise of this says that we call in the perfect souls. You know, that there's often prearrangement. You know, we, we kind of already know each other before we come here <laughs> to teach each other certain things. And when we need to be treated a certain way, like for a healing to happen or for an opening to happen, because it can happen in both directions. Like it can be like this perfect person shows up and gives us the support and the love we need for us to work through how we haven't felt that. And, you know, and there's some shadow side we need to release and something we need to open up to and transform. But there's also people that show up in our lives that, you know, bring negativity, that that push us into something that we need to heal or something that our soul has decided it's going to go through on this, you know, in this journey, on this planet, this time. And the perfection of all of that, that there's these souls dancing together and that none of it's personal. In fact, so much of it is like these agreements, these soul contracts we've made with each other. And in, 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 you know, I I think that one of the strongest evidences of this that we can see in a, in a 3d world is, is if you haven't experienced yourself, I'm sure, you know, somebody else who has experienced it is somebody that has some sort of relationship. We often see it in romantic relationships where the person, you know, behaves one way in the relationship and you want them to, to, you know, make that shift and they don't make it, they don't make it. The relationship falls apart. And then they go on to the next relationship and become everything you'd hope they would be in this relationship, right? Like, like how did- I have no
1: idea what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How is it that in this relationship, you can't be that, like with us, but you can go there and be exactly what it is I was seeing in you that I wanted you to grow into in that relationship. And it feels personal. It feels like betrayal. It feels like, Oh, I wasn't important enough. But again, there's these sole contract components of it of what is it that you're trying to teach each other? What have you, th- what is it that you've agreed to teach each other that doesn't necessarily develop inside that, but then can develop moving on. Maybe you've seen that with friendships. Maybe you've seen that with like, they were never supportive of me. And now here they are, being completely supportive of of that other person. Maybe you see it in relationship with a parent, like my father can never be supportive of me, yet here he is with his friend's kid being this loving, supportive person. We see it a lot with grandparents, right? Like, you know, how often does a kid go, my parents couldn't be that for me, but they sure as hell can be it for my kid, you know, and then they have to sort through. And and so these, you know, the, the grandparent piece, you know, has a lot to do with development. But there is this piece that says, what are the dynamics that we're here to create together to learn and grow? And sometimes they can resolve and move on and happen, you know, particularly when we're aware of the radical forgiveness. And there's these incredible worksheets that come with that, that help us sort through it and break up the energy, because it's about really achieving what needs to be learned. And when both parties can achieve what needs to be learned to complete that sole contract, it can grow and, and become something different, sometimes together, sometimes apart but it completes its purpose. It resolves. And so, you know, to me, that's so fascinating. And of course, as humans, when we're in that human perspective, it all feels so personal. Like, really? You all of a sudden now are like that person that I was trying to get you to be. Like, I want you to be adventurous. I want you to travel with me. And you wouldn't leave the house. And now here you are, like, posting on Facebook about your trip in Europe. And then now you're in Australia. Like, you wouldn't leave the neighborhood. And that, you know, like, it's so funny how those ways that we lock in with each other um, and they're not personal whatsoever. Um, You know, they're much deeper than that. They're sole contract.
1: Yes. And so this is going to tie in to the juicy part. This may be part two, David. Of All our, right.
0: All right. All
1: podcast right. is relationships and in. Mm-hmm. First part, romantic relationships in particular, Sure. as I have been on a quest for an extraordinary relationship in my life, which I have (laughs) with, you know, my husband, Tom, and our work together and improving that in a lot of what you're saying, it has been some mirror episodes or uh, (laughs) learning through uh, challenging situations and how to navigate that. And so I recently did a workshop and it talked about three components for feminine versus masculine. And I Mm -hmm, thought this mm -hmm. was fascinating. Yeah. And so for the feminine, it says there's three U's, okay, that the woman wants to feel um, that she needs in her romantic relationship. The first is... And this is Donnie
0: Epstein's Epstein's work, right?
1: This is Tony Robbins, actually. I'll give credit to Tony Robbins.
0: Sure, sure.
1: And uh, I just want your thought. I'm going to tell you the three U's. We Mm -hmm. can just start with the feminine first, and then we can go to the masculine side, if that's okay. Sure, sure. So and what it's what shuts down intimacy, okay? Feeling unseen, feeling Mm -hmm. not understood, and feeling Mm -hmm. unsafe. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And as a woman, I can completely relate to that. And I'm sure each person Mm -hmm. has different, if you wanted to order at one, two, three, what do you need most? Do you need to feel safe? Do you mm-hmm. need to feel seen? Do you need to feel understood? Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that it's important for that not to be looked at in isolation. And, and I, I think that it's absolutely true. And, you know, when we get too zoomed in on, too focused on, you know, this is what I need. And, and so we're talking about how fertile is the environment for me to grow versus it not being fertile. And so when those components are are present and we look at it from this personal responsibility place, we're like, you know what, this is what I require from a, a partner because I need a fertile environment for me to grow. And then in that I get to really choose. And I feel more empowered to choose what I want to move forward, to develop the parts of me because the container that I'm in really enforces that and And stabilizes that. And so I, I think that, you know, and I'm not sure how Tony talks about it, but the idea of, of really bringing these two components together that says, my job is to develop myself, to get in touch with where my fulfillment is, to express that. And my job is also to choose the containers that I'm going to live in. And so when I look at it from that personal perspective, moving out, now we start to go, well, what is it that I need in a partner and, and what is it that I'm okay with? What is it that I'm not okay with? What do I, how do I elicit that in them? And you know, and how do I communicate that? And, and how do I invite in that openness and create that dance now? Um, and you know, like I always want people to originate from their own internal solid space of how am I showing up? And, you know, I think what you're bringing in is just a huge component of it because so many people do the opposite of that. They're right. Like, like meaning that they start with this piece of how am I showing up, but they don't recognize the value of the container that they're allowing around them or they're calling in or that, that is the deal breaker of, you know, I, I'm not going to accept not that it has to be this, um, does that make sense? or that? That land
1: yes. One thing that struck me was I, I believe this is what Tony said ninety-five percent of your success in a relationship is mate selection. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and I'm open to what you think of this, having a partner that's willing, whether you have core values or a level of commitment that matches, like we're gonna work through stuff when mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. loyalty or whatever that looks like for you, I think in choosing a partner, Mm -hmm. you have to have some alignment there before you can even have the environment that you're saying, is this ripe to feel safe? Is this Mm -hmm. ripe Mm -hmm. to open up and say, these are my darkest fears and how can you help me through this situation? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I mean, I'm, I'm single now for the first time in really 28 years where I was married for 25 years. And, you know, obviously there was a dating leading up to that. And so, it it is interesting. Like my container, I've 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 taken time and really in the last year plus been just in my own space a lot. Right. And 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 so it, it's interesting as, as you're talking about this because I've been responsible for the container I'm creating around me. And you know, the idea of enhancing that with a partner is very interesting, right? And and so uh, taking out, you know, all that time and really kind of slowing my life down, my personal life down in that way, it had a a huge value to me in sorting through, you know, what I've allowed, what I haven't allowed, um, what I've been drawn to, what I haven't been drawn to and working on uh, sorting through the importance of that for me. And, you know, as I get to a place where, you know, when I'm ready to open up to relationship what that needs to look like what that support needs to look like and 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 so you know it's kind of a fun question that you're asking because there's the human part of me that's you know been on this journey for the last year um and there's also the guidance that comes through with that and the guidance i've been continuing to get you know as i've checked in with myself as i've been through my own personal development in this arena uh and and so that that whole piece around um you know we it is a sorting process right like we we call in these experiences that reflect to us where we're at and you know it, it, so much of like so much growth happens in relationships when we let it so often people you know look for stability through the other person You know, or ways to not be responsible for self or ways to shut down, same kind of thing. You know, when we're, you know, we move right into this loving environment and we haven't stabilized ourselves, it can be very easy to hand ourselves over to that person because we trust them so much. But what does it look like when we've stabilized inside of ourselves and we feel that strength and it's of value to us? It's not something we want to give away. And then we bring that into a supportive environment. Like those two components that work together are absolutely huge. And if we haven't developed that, you know, when we move into a non-supportive environment, it can kind of match it and it can just get kind of congested and move along and struggle. Um, but what happens when we have developed that, like, and we try to move into a, a non-supportive environment, like we just can't do it. Like it, it uh, you know, even if we create illusions around it, because there are some other good things. And and I would say that this is probably the primary challenge people have in intimate relationships is that they get enough of the things that they really have desired in it that show up that they ignore the deal breakers. They ignore the things that they're just not okay with because the good things are there. And the universe does that for us, right? They offer us and go like, Oh, this looks really perfect, except for these couple of things, but don't worry about that right now because you're getting these things you're really hungry for. And, you know, and so I, I think that can be, you know, when we are looking for something inside of us to be alle- alleviated some sort of uh lack of trust that we may have in ourselves or something that we don't feel like we've been able to generate or create that we feel like needs to come out from outside of us. It sets us up for that. And, 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 you know, that can be sorted through in the relationship. It doesn't mean the relationship can't work, but generally what happens then is in that relationship, the work that is is about whatever it is that we haven't wanted to really be in full responsibility for that starts to, you know, if it's completely taken care of in that relationship, you know, there's a honeymoon period where that feels great. And then at a certain point, it becomes congestion and it becomes an opportunity for working through our own power if we choose it, or we can just kind of, you know, settle into it and stop our personal development. But when we stand on a personal development path, those things need to be sorted out. And of course they can be sorted out inside the relationship and renegotiated about, you know, who's going to bring what to the relationship and, you know, and how that's going to look. Yet, uh, ultimately, that that piece of, you know, what is it that we're needing in a relationship, it, when it's based on things that we haven't been able to uh, reconcile inside of ourselves, and then we feel like somebody else is providing that for us so we don't have to reconcile it, when we stay on a path of personal development, it's going to come up and it's going to be the, the work we'll have to do in the relationship anyways. And if it's this great container, it makes it easier to do that for sure. But part of that is just those illusions popping, you know, and again, the same thing, like, Oh, look at your, your, you know, like for a, a kid who, whose parents say, you know, you're taking care of financially, like at first there's this huge relief. And at a certain point when they try to grow, you know, they they feel the limitations of it.
1: Yeah. Wow. This is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> And I have so many more questions. And I think something you said about continuing to grow through Mm -hmm. those situations, and obviously this is depending on whether you're in a well-matched relationship to do that or not, as you mentioned, is the grass is not always greener, Sandra, or, you know, people thinking like, oh, the grass is greener. I'll just leave this relationship. And then they go to the next and they repeat the same. Patterns or they attract someone similar
0: or the opposite. It seems enticing,
1: yeah. yes.
0: Yeah,
1: and you're still working through your stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and I, I think the other degree to that too is something we, you know, I just head on, you know, where we suddenly see ourselves or our ex operating in a completely different way than they were able to in that relationship, right? And, and so sometimes when we're ready, you know, we call in a, a, a new relationship that actually allows for that space. For whatever reason like we've done the healing work it couldn't happen inside that container the container needed to change there's a new container and all of a sudden there's this opportunity to flourish because the environment is rich and supports us in that specific area where we were trying to grow and so um yeah absolutely I, like i um you know i mean we look at how often do people choose rebound relationships when they get out of a relationship they go you know what this person didn't provide this for me this 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 or this and that person does you know, and, and then they they feel great. There's a honeymoon period, right? And then they go like, "Well, oh, shit, they're also missing all these great qualities that my ex had. And I, you know, then we start to reveal to us if we're really honest with ourselves of what we took for granted in that relationship, because of course we did, you know, it's part of like, it's just part of our life. Like, well, I didn't really think about like the value that brought, I was so focused on the things that weren't there, um, or the ways I felt restricted. And so, you know, I, my hope is is for people that are going through that, you know, and it's been part of my journey too, is to find the appreciation for what was there, the understanding for what wasn't, you know, how we've created that. And then also getting really clear on, you know, what is the container that I need? What were the incredible qualities about that existing relationship that I absolutely do continue to want in my life? And, you know, what what, what else do I need now? And, you know, it's so easy for us to, when we get focused on our pain points, or, or our victimhood, or where we didn't feel supported, or where we felt restricted, that becomes often all we're looking for in the next relationship, as opposed to recognizing all the beautiful things. But you were in that relationship, you know, it wasn't all bad, there was, there was things that were really beautiful for you. And so, you know, we, we often forget that and take it for granted, and then don't really hold a desire for that in the next relationship, because it was taken for granted. We, we didn't, we didn't value it.
1: What would be your best advice to someone who's really determined or focused on a relationship at, you know, say the place that you're in right now, where you have freedom to decide Mm -hmm. who enters your life yeah. and you can sit down and write, these are the characteristics or the qualities, or this is what I want my relationship to look like. Do you have any advice on that? And also like the deal, like these are the deal breakers to be aware Mm -hmm. of that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I think one of the things we can recognize very clearly is, <laughs> yeah, this is funny is the things that we are naturally attracted to that are about old trauma and are not good for us. And, and so, you know, like particularly with empaths, like so many of us are helpers. Right. And so when one of our primary ways of being is how can I support this person? You know, like we can kind of come up with a list of, of what are what are the things that I really like? But what are my red flags? What do I have to watch for in myself that I have a tendency to get drawn into? And so it's like, you know, if I, I just want to help somebody, am I getting drawn into situations where I feel really needed and supportive? And I'm actually getting to play this role that I absolutely love to play. And maybe we do that for work. Right. But so often people also create that at home, you know, like a nurse that, you know, loves to nurture. And then they have a, a husband at home that, you know, needs to be taken care of versus the stability. And, and we, we, we tend to not make different rules for what we want in our home base and that stability and how we're going to support each other. for then we do how we're going to offer our gifts out in the world with our work. And I, and I think that that is a really key component too, because where the people that we were supporting, you know, need that support. But what do we need? And you know, you know, people often just think about their greatest offerings and create relationships connected with those greatest offerings, instead of relationships connected with the support and the stability that is usually feels very very different than the gifts that are offering in the world, because our inner circle you know, where absolutely, of course, we're going to offer those gifts, it shouldn't be the primary thing, it shouldn't be what is most required of us and most needed by our partners, even our close friends, our close circle, it, you know, it's, it's almost like, makes me think about the idea of colleagues, right, you know, when, when how important it is to, t- to have colleagues in your work that you can talk to about what it is you're going through offering whatever it is you're offering. And then we, you know, there's a deeper understanding that there's operating in a different container. And, you know, when our relationships are a different container than what we're offering to the world, you know, often we don't think about valuing that because it, we're still just thinking about how good it feels to operate in our greatest gifts and the ways that we like to, rather than what is the home base? What is the this inner world that I can create with somebody that actually supports me to bring that and is rejuvenating and doesn't require those same things of me, but creates this incredible balanced, supportive environment.
1: So that is gonna bring me back to the masculine feminine. And Mm -hmm. I touched on the feminine qualities of wanting to feel seen, understood, and safe. And I think what repels men in a relationship are the three C's. And that's feeling controlled, feeling criticized, and when a woman closes off or shuts mm-hmm, down. Mm,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think it's important what you touched on to let's say you have a high-powered female CEO mm-hmm, that mm. is probably more masculine in her career role. Yeah and then yeah. comes home to a husband and still tries to control or make all the decisions in the relationship that might shut him down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They don't change their dynamics when they get home. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, and I think too, like, do I see this person as an equal? Um, You know, and when we have a strong, powerful way of leading, we're usually leading people that we feel like need us to lead them. And if we take that into a relationship and we're not with somebody that we respect, um, you know, their ability to have their own power and their own strength and that now we're two colleagues standing side by side, looking at each other and going, wow, that was a really important point. It's, it's, I value what you're saying, and it's making me look at this differently. And when I share something, you value what I'm saying, and it makes you look at it differently. And then maybe we discuss and come up with a third perspective that actually incorporates you know, both of what we're bringing. But that kind of bounce mutual respect you know, in order for us to have these higher level relationships, I think is absolutely important. Most relationships aren't like that. And most relationships have like, oh, you know, this is where, and and I think this is still an important part of it. Like, this is where your strengths are. And I appreciate that for, because I know it's not one of my greatest strengths and and we can utilize that. And here's my greatest strengths and you, you know, and you appreciate that and you, and you utilize that and you let me lead here and I let you lead there. I think that's super healthy. And and I think that majority of relationships just kind of get stuck and, and, and it's not about appreciation. It's about like, you always take this on, I always take that on, you know, we're just in our roles and there's not an appreciation for what each person's bringing, a uh, valuing of it, you know, where are the places we can help enhance each other? Like that perspective often just gets washed away in the, you know, I was, this is funny, this is what the guys just said, in the art of survival. <laughs> it's funny for them to call it art because you think of art as like creative and flow, but it's, uh, you know, it's 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 funny that that term would come through, the art of survival, because We get creative in our survival and we find areas to shut down, we find areas to give away our power, we find areas to usurp power, um, and that does have its own creative component of it, even though, you know, it's often very unconscious. And so when we can bring that consciousness to, you know, um, really recognizing we're in an area where we may not be as strong, but our partner has these incredible gifts and supporting that and, 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 and being like, what do I need to, you know, if this is the gift, this, this area in our relationship where you're going to take this on, you know, how can I support you to do that? How do, what, what's the container I can hold for you to do that part? And, and uh, and then vice versa, but really that, that balancing of knowing where our gifts are, knowing where we can enhance each other, knowing where we can work together, where we both have gifts that we can bring that out. Um, But it being this very creative, safe, trusting, um, and, and endeavor and relationship and connection that helps both parties grow or multiple parties grow depending on the type of relationship we're talking about um, you know whether it's a friendship or a working relationship or whether it's an intimate relationship um, but we often end up in default I, I love that the, the art of survival um, and that's you know very much a, an unconscious thing where we get very creative to um, you know create power struggles that
1: is a Beautifully said, well said, on co-creating and valuing one another in a relationship.
0: Thanks for listening to part two of this three-part series, and join us uh, next week as Janine and I dive deeper into intimate relationships. See you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, and if you did, please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com.